NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt, just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. What's up, Airheads? Welcome back. It's time once again for putting on hairs. We're in the, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say putting on hairs, Joe. It was, it was insensitive of me. God damn it. Uh, I, you know yeah, what's I was, up? I was just I trying to say gonna... it in a funny way, you know, like I was <laughs> just trying to say airs in a funny way, but then it, that, I, I accidentally said putting on hairs, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. When you not... said that, when you said, oh, I'm sorry, Joe, I made a mistake, I thought you were about to be like, can we take it from the top? And I was no. gonna be like, hey, it's okay. It's okay to make a mistake. And I was no. going to be real sympathetic towards you. And I was nope. in that headspace. And then you're like, because yeah. you're bald, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah. 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 You still bald? You're in that, you're in that bald headspace. I get it. I, I definitely want to keep all this in. Uh, we're in the virtual Airstream studios, about to do another stirring rendition of putting on airs. I, once again, I've got a sort of topic. I kind of. You a know sort what? Let's of just, topic. Those are my favorite. No, no, no. I actually, I want to just go and because I know you got, we got some things we we're also wanting to talk about, and I might flesh this out a little bit more instead of doing it by the seat of my pants because I actually think it makes a pretty, pretty good topic. I don't want to waste it on half assery. Yeah, so I, I hear think you. I'm going to wait. So you, uh, but, but maybe not. If we run out of things to talk about, I might just go <laughs> into it. But you're, you're going to do history, of Professor Cho, right on. Uh, That's right on the subject of one Coco Chanel. Hated the Jews, right? Or, God uh, damn it. God damn it. (laughs) Yes. And I'll get to it later. But like, I was really hoping, I was really hoping that for some reason you just didn't know. Cause like, you know, they're like, you've got, we've all got gaps in our knowledge and there's certain things that you, that you don't know. And like, I'm, you know, say what you will, like, this is not to be offensive, but it's true. I I probably, you're a smarter person than me, but I tend to know more about history. Cause like, I'm super fucking interested in it. And Uh I was really hoping, I was like, I hope Trey don't know about this fucking Jew hating shit because I said, I had set up, I did my notes in such a way that I was going to call this, um, the uh the duality of coco chanel or a tale of two titties and i was uh-huh. gonna i had it broken down and i wanted to fucking swerve you you know what i mean like i had the whole front thing loaded so to, to get to the middle and be like by the way hated the jews yeah i pooped all over that uh, no it's fine the, the first I mean, thing well, but, but, to be fair i like no you're fine it's not that's your one fault of the, that's one of the only things i even know about coco chanel is that she you know was a nazi basically no dude much. it's not your fault i mean the whole bit is that you tell me everything you know about the person i was just hoping against hope 
and I want, I almost texted you and said, by the way, if you know that she hates Jews, don't mention it. But then I realized <laughs> what our, what our fans deserve is authenticity. So I just had to roll the dice. Did you watch the last Bill Burr special at Red Rocks? Uh, not yet. No, it's on my it's on my list of stand up specials that I need to watch and haven't. I still haven't watched Mulaney's either. This baby shit, man. You know, I'm just like babied out and doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, it will it, baby stuff. Will I'm not do that complaining, period. by the way. But anyway, uh, on the Burr special, he's got a he's got a little chunk in there about Coco Chanel, and it's all oh, really about, yeah, and it's all about how big of a bitch she was or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. It's like it, it like you said, the duality of somebody like that. As I recall, I've only seen the special ones. So I don't remember the, the specifics, but I know he talks about Coco Chanel and you know, the Jew hating comes up. Uh, yep. as it as it often do when it comes to her. But uh She's got one reason that I'm like, Okay, I get why you hate that Jew. Uh and I'll get to <laughs> that, but you know what I mean? But like not the whole race. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That that one of the most like proudly racist rednecks that I went to high school with, right? Mm-hmm. That's a wild thing to be. Uh-huh. Because most people are like, no, I'm not racist, and then they, they are. They but are, then there's, but they say they're not, yeah. <laughs> but then there's some people like, nope, I am. Yeah, they don't hit. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that That guy... Well, look, dude, we had at least a handful of those dudes. Uh, right. A couple of them got the shit beat out of them by the black kids in school, which hit. Uh, and so. probably didn't help. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I mean, they, you know. Yeah, they deserved it. Had it coming. But anyway, uh, but one of them, uh, he, he, I don't know what Coco Chanel's rationale was, but I remember like I was kind of like, he said something like particularly racist one day or something. And I kind of like fired back at him, telling him that was Mm -hmm. fucked up or whatever else. And he like got all pissed off because he said that his, uh, his daddy had left his mama for a black woman only he ain't yep. say black woman but that yeah. had happened and uh so that was his like you know and it's like you just said it's like well you know you could think yeah. she's a homewrecker and that yeah. she don't hit but that don't justify hating the entire race yeah because like it you goes know. the opposite on like the liberal side because i feel like there for a while uh it was like if you're a ally of the lgbtq community that means that even when a gay person is a piece of shit, you kind of have to like pretend that they're not or something. You know what okay. I mean? Well, we do. So There's it's like- another thing. The other classic example with liberalism is uh, I was just talking about this on my Patreon. Actually, is uh, Islam? Uh, oh yeah, not allowed. And it's always pissed me off because it's like I'm well known for being a godless heathen. I don't right. court. I don't court. I don't court with any lords at all. And that right includes fucking Allah. You know? Yeah. Right. Allah don't hit for me any more than Jehovah or Yahweh right. or any of these other motherfuckers, any of these for other sure. you know, fake lords. But like, can't say that. You can't really say that. Or I mean, I still do, and I haven't really got. But you have to give the caveat shit for it. But I do. I, I do give the caveat or whatever. But yeah, you can't say that because that's like because, that's xenophobic and racist, whatever. And it's like, no, it, I, yeah, that shit but, is crazy. <laughs> like, right, it's, right. It doesn't make any more. You know. It don't because, hit that type of like hardcore religious fundamentalism. I don't care what the religion is. It don't hit. It ain't got nothing but, to do with them being brown or living I was about over to say, there. People need to that understand stuff. that Muslim is not a synonym for brown people. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Because that's what and and but you know that's why a lot of people do hate Muslims. So you know, with our accent, if you just start saying some stuff like "I don't like any religion," you know, it's bad news. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. But what 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 were what were the gays? You're like even an, 
What'd you say? Would, Even a nasty say, guy you I, had yeah, to down just, with? Yeah, yeah, right. Like, like I just remember seeing a bunch of stuff. Like, it, this is the early days of internet gay support. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Where, like, somebody would be shitting on a gay dude Tumblr. who was like, yeah, somebody would be shitting on a gay dude who was a piece of shit, but everybody <sighs> wouldn't let him do it because they're like, you're not being a good ally, and, like, he's got a lot more. And it's like, yeah, but he's a piece of shit. I, I have a, a a nuanced question about that to ask you as a comedian. Okay. Do you think that – I was just thinking about this today, uh, and I think about the and I, I, I typically err on the side of, yes, go for it. But like, Caitlyn Jenner? Do, do you think if a person is one of these – protected groups or whatever you want to call it, some sort of minority, but not necessarily racial, just, you know, a marginalized group. They're a member of a marginalized group, right? Which obviously we support and are down with. But if they're a member of one of those groups and they don't hit, right? right? Herschel Walker. Caitlyn Jenner, right? Yeah. Madison Madison Cawthorn is one I was thinking about earlier today. he's He's disabled. He's in a wheelchair, right? He also sucks, right? So like, if it's somebody like that, Obviously, you can go in on them, but can you go in on them in a way that makes jokes about that thing? For example, well, and I I reused this in a, vi- a video I posted right before I got on here. Madison Cawthorn came up, and anytime he comes up, I call him uh, Heil on Wheels, right? <laughs> and and that always hits for people because it's yeah, I feel like it's like it's funny. It's, it's a good not pun. A, it's not ableist or whatever because like he is on wheels. Like I'm not yeah, sure. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the fact that he's in a wheelchair you know what i'm saying but like he is in a wheelchair and you know the high part is the is to get right but like where you where you fall on that whole thing you know what i mean because like well i have a nuanced answer greg abbott right texas same thing it's like i've seen like fans of mine and comments and stuff make some joke about you know, I swear to God, it's like this motherfucker just don't stand for anything. You know, stuff like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like those kinds of jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Know. Here's where I'm at. Um, here's where I'm at. First off, Hile on Wheels is totally fine because all you're doing is pointing out that he is in a wheelchair. You never say yes. it's bad that he is. You never say all people in wheelchairs fucking suck. That's totally right. fine. That's totally fine. And um, and here's the deal. First off, I would like to say this to anybody listening who is like, oh, cancel culture is so bad or whatever. You can do all of it like you say whatever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? Like there's no official rule book. But here's here's what this changed my mind on all of this. And it was from friend of the show, Jason Isbell. Right. So someone was talking about. Somebody had commented on something of his. Uh, he was talking about Trump or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, you need to talk about the fact that he wears a diaper and fucking shits himself." And Isbel gave a very compassionate response, which was, um, "If I do that, Donald Trump is never going to see it. But you know who will? Someone who has incontinence issues that is a fan of mine. And so, by making fun of that thing, I'm, yeah. even though I'm I'm making fun of him." But I'm but I'm making fun of something that people can't help. And there's so many other things to make. fun. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think about it like that. Like every time I'm about to say something, I'm like, OK, this person sucks. But how will this person that's also afflicted? Because that's that's what's going to happen. You know what I mean? So, OK, but again, but how long but how right. long wheels don't. You yeah, know. but keep it going with 
and you know, we try to stay away from politics. This isn't polit. I don't know. This is this is borderline political. I would argue. Like these are objective things we're pointing Everything's out. Everything's borderline using, political. Using Trump as another as a continuing example. He's like he also fat, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm fine with that. Fuck that. But okay. Because but I was like, I think it's what. That's how a do choice, I say dog. This? Okay, well, all right, well, we can get into that whole fucking can of worms uh, if you want to. Not. Okay, you sometimes yeah, it's right. choice. I know that there's some people with thyroid issues, but, but most people that are fat, it's what, choice. I was one what, of them. I, I was one of them. All, so all I was going to say is, if you, yes, fat, fat kid from way back, been I've, I've yo-yoed my weight my entire life, so I do know something Did about it. Did you also but, used to yo-yo? Yeah, yo-yos big? were huge, huge yeah. from like 98 to yeah. – 2001 till 9-11. It doesn't 9/11, fit this show. Like, yeah, like yeah. It took all to, the joy. All, all everything the stupid. Out. Like, every, everybody knows the 90s died on 9-11, right? Yeah, no I more like Tamagotchis. Yo-yos were like a very 90s fad there Dude, towards the end of it. And 9-11 just killed all of it. That's so you know? fucking true because like I, I have for a long time, I've written like a essay about this that I want to base a screenplay on. That's basically the whole point of it is it's it's called the last childhood and it's about the kids of 911 like how the, every we all just kind of stopped being us? kids oh yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah. we we all just kind of everybody stopped being a kid cuz it was such a slap in the face and a, and a, and a we all woke up to the fact that holy shit bad things can happen because the 90s were pretty rad you know and so yeah. so all the shit that we were into yo-yos tamagotchis pogs and shit like yeah right after 911 we kind of stopped being just having joy all the time, and so those things did get left in the wake, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, the death of innocence, all that stuff, things, yeah, things ain't hit since, really. No, they haven't. Uh, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Um, nah. Kids are still kids, though, which you'll come to find. They are. Fans, they, like, they, I, yeah, like, the new ones, the new ones, because the they yeah, weren't right. here for nine eleven. You know, now, and as they get a little older, old enough to understand the shit and whatever else, then you know, um, it'll go away. Yeah. It'll go away. Which uh, don't hit. Sad. Anyway. No, it don't anyway, hit. Yeah. That's sad. Uh, the fat thing. You'd have fat fans. If you went after, you made a bunch of fat jokes about Trump, you'd have fat fans being like, come on, we really got to do the fat joke thing or whatever. Yeah. But the reason yeah. I would, first of all, I'm with you philosophically on that. But secondly, it's like, it also matters or is relevant, in my opinion, that he, like, he. They Openly portray McDonald's. him as jacked, right? Yeah, like he, right. they act yeah. as though he's, he's like Rambo, shred, like he's Rambo, right? Yeah. He himself <laughs> thinks he's not fat, acts like he's not fat. I guarantee you, he thinks fats are gross. I guarantee, of course, it, of course, right? He doesn't believe in exercises. There's so many other reasons why it's like his fatness is relevant to right. like. Agree. Making to making fun of him or yeah. whatever, right? So that yeah, a lot of that, that stuff is very Kim Jong Uni. You know the way that they portray yeah. it. All of us can see. We're like, you know, that's that ain't it, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, we should probably yeah. move on. No, what, yeah, we should uh, definitely before the fats come. So King Charles went to do some king stuff in Scotland, and it, it was didn't his, hit for them. Why yeah, do they it, even still keep doing that? Like, I don't know in Scotland. Because, I mean, because yeah. So, so, they don't so know that they don't hit for Scotland because everybody else on earth knows that. So what Trey's talking about is King Charles just now got officially coronated in Scotland, right? So 
you know, he does his regular coronation, but then like Scotland, which is technically them, even though Scotland very much don't want to be them, as you've pointed out, none of them want to be them, but Scotland has probably been the most vocal about it, or they've been the closest to not being them. Uh, because, so I'm pretty sure that when we were over there, we talked to a dude who was like, there's, you know, Scotland is, is like getting really close to getting the support from all of their, uh, they're not senators, they're, they're representatives or whatever MPs to once the EU thing sort of dissolved, they see their moment and they're like, okay, we can not be, we can, we can leave England. We can diplomatically leave England or whatever. But as it stands, like Scotland is still part of the UK and yeah. So when he goes over there to get his official coronation there, uh, which if you will remember from one of my one of the episodes, the chair that he got coronated on in England, I believe, was stolen from Scotland. But they and they give it back to Scotland after every coronation, but then they take it again. So I'm assuming he goes and sits on that same seat. And yeah, he was met with boos. Boos and jeers, uh, which, yeah. as we pointed out on the coronation episode, you know, he, that didn't happen to him when he got coronated in England because he was able to pick everybody that was there. So, like, everybody in there knew that he that he hit for them. But I guess in Scotland, that's not the deal. We were over in Scotland in the run-up to the Jubilee, uh, the last Jub- – what was it? Diamond? Platinum? Diamond, 75. 75. That's dying. Hell of a run, it's unreal, dude. Hell of a uh, run. It's unbelievable. Yeah, last one she'd ever see, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. In the twilight of Queen Elizabeth's life, it was last, not this, not this most recent May and June, but the May and June before that. We were over there in Scotland, and there was like a bunch of, talk, like they were not into that either. Like the Jubilee was coming up, and like I remember seeing some like graffiti and stuff. It was like Fuck you the know, Queen, yeah, Fulk <laughs> the Queen, you know, and uh, shite. Yeah, she's full yeah. of shite. Hey, yeah, she kind of, yeah, fuck the old bag who needs her. But they, uh, <laughs> and they were like, we talked to some people about it and they were just like, you know, I nay, 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 I don't know, you know Scotland's going to go off on her own before too long. You know, like they were all just all right. saying it as though it was a matter of fact that they wanted nothing to do with the Royals, anybody that we talked to. And, uh, but also we were in one Scottish city and, there was a contingent of, and I assume they were Scots, but I don't know. Do you remember that little mini parade? Yes. That broke out. Yes. They were like, it was lovely. I say it broke out. They were, I mean, I'm sure yeah. they were planning on doing it, but that was, <laughs> I a, would say. that was a Jubilee thing. Yeah. Right. And that was in Scotland. I don't know if those were English people who came to Scotland to do a Jubilee parade thing, or if they were like loyalists Loyalist. in Scotland, yeah. either way, uh, there was a lot of like, there were a lot of other like Scottish people around when this was going on. They were like booing and jeering and stuff. Like there were right. a lot of them that were like, this ain't it. The fuck is this shit? But you know, the, uh, the paraders carried on anyway. So, yeah. And that blew me away at the time because like, again, I was just buying into the stereotype of like every Scottish person hates the fucking monarchy and hates, you know, England. And of course, like, that can't we know that that's not true there's a lot of things that people say all southerners do and we don't do it but like you don't but ever but all the other ones you're like that's 100 percent fucking true until I, then i started reading you know more about the revolutionary war and like the sheer amount of loyalists that there were and i was like well i mean that has to be 
Now, it's a little bit different over there because we came like they didn't Scotland was Scotland already a thing. And, and yeah. then they took them over. But I'm saying yes. like, they were already a thing and they took them over. Like ours is way different because yeah. we were nothing and we came over here as them. Yes. Right. We didn't start out as us. We started out as them. Right. You know, like, Whereas we Scotland just, started out as them. And then they, yeah. And then they, they was like, y'all us now. As Scotland. And then yeah. they became them, which like, to me, that's, that's way worse. I'd be there, pissed. But what's too. weird, kind of weird about it to me. Well, I don't know. I guess it's not that weird. It's just a matter of like regional identity. That island, right? The island of Great Britain. It used to be all these warring clans and factions yep. and stuff. And it was like the precursors to the Welsh and the yep. Scottish and the English, but even in the English part, there was like, it wasn't just one, it wasn't like one group that became right. the English. There was like Wessex and fucking York and East Anglia and whatever right. else. There was like the Ang Angles, Saxons and Jutes and all this yep. shit. Like, and like, and somehow the ones that were in England, when they coalesced into England, they all like, I don't know. They became England. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But yep. they weren't, they had been different groups. Yep. There was Viking, there was the Norman conquest, the Viking Raiders, and all they these were different, fucking them up for a while. All, all these different groups that existed the in the same country. They like became England. Yeah. But there were these other people on the same island the whole time. Yeah. The Scottish, the Scots, right? Yeah. Who never, who never got down like that. And the no, Welsh they were too, just hanging matter. out sheeping and stuff, you know? I know, but I'm saying I don't know what makes the difference. I don't know why there were like, there were some groups that were like, yeah, let's all be England. And everybody was cool with it. And why Scotland, who's on the same island, which is not that, it's not that big of an island. <laughs> you know, it's like, especially if you're an American and you're used to this country, like, that island is what is it? It takes like four hours. Of course, back then it took yeah. a lot longer oh, yeah. on a fucking Months, horse or whatever. Years. But like, but it's still it's not that big. No, it's I'm not saying. big at all. But well, for whatever reason, the Scottish were all like, you know, yeah, we're not doing all that. And uh, you know what, man? So they had to it, be taken over by force, and that's and, and, you know, it's not happening. You know what, sent. man? Like we talked about while we and by the way, we were over there. I should bring this up. We were over there to write our new book, which is available for pre-order right now. It's in the description. It's called Around Here and Over Yonder. It's a hillbilly travel guide. We wrote it. It's funny as fuck, and we would love it if y'all would pre-order it and keep us at the... We're number one in rural, in rural humor. Rural life humor. Rural I life think, humor. Which I don't know if that's different than rural humor or not. It's like, but Who yeah. Knows? Who knows? It is a. I don't know who we're beating out in real life humor. But... I do. I do. Oh gosh. The, the the number two book in rural life. Now I didn't look up what it is, but it's just called Boomer Nation, uh -huh. <laughs> which checks out. Um, but anyways, yeah, you can uh, pre-order that now and help us remain at number one. And yes, these are frequently asked questions. Yes, there is an audio book. We read it, and you can pre-order that as well. It's at the link in the description, or you can go to TreyCrowder.com, or you can go to CoreyRyanForrester.com. We, we don't care how you get there, long as you get there. Y'all, being a part of a royal family might seem enticing, but more often than not, it comes at the expense of everything else, like your freedom, your privacy, and sometimes even your head. 
Y'all know that if you've been around in the Airhead world for a while. We love this stuff. Wondry's new podcast, Even the Royals, pulls back the curtain on royal families, past and present, from all over the world to show you the darker side of what it means to be royalty. From icons like Grace Kelly, Oscar-winning actress turned Princess of Monaco, who the world saw as the ultimate good girl. She mastered playing a happy wife and mother, but beneath it all, she was desperately lonely. Grace spent her whole life working towards perfection, and ultimately, it cost her her happiness. But she's not the only one, Joe. Or King Ludwig II from Bavaria. He was only 18 when his father died, leaving the crown to him and a duty to rule that he never wanted. He refused to lead and used funds from the royal treasury to further his extreme love of opera. But this choice eventually cost him the crown and his life. Follow Even the Royals on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can binge Even the Royals ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. But anyways, what I was going to say is while we were over there, we started noticing like, oh, it makes so much sense that this is where our people come from. Like, it, you know, we the, first off, just the train ride, you poke me and you, you go, dude, we're in fucking East Tennessee right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like because the like the hills and the mountains look just like it. Then also we'd been in England and I'm not going to say that. People in England were mean to us. They weren't. But people in England just didn't give a fuck about us. It was a very New York type thing, just like, don't look at me, whatever. But when we got to Scotland, all of a sudden people started talking to us again. And it was like, I remember when we were going up the escalator on the train, I dropped my bottle and this dude behind me, and I can't do the Scottish accent like you, but he was like, hey, you know, I dropped your bottle. And he was like, where are you from? And I was like, holy shit, this is Southern hospitality. So I'm saying all this to say this, it makes so much sense that our ancestors were like, we want to be alone and not be a part of this whole fucking federal shit. You know what I mean? Because, like, that's very much a redneck yeah. thing. Be left well, alone. I'm, well, I mean, like, the you know, the first rednecks, like, literally came. They were, you know, Scots. They originally, yeah. literally originated in Scotland and came over there. And you're just saying, like... You can see that even now yeah, when you go to Scotland. I, that, you go that's to England. What I'm saying. Well, like the people in England who were perfectly hospitable, but that we also got told multiple times by multiple different people. They were like, you know, oh, you're going to going to Scotland, are you? I believe you'll yeah. find a certain kinship with the Scots. Yeah. And it's funny. And it's funny because like it like we They meant it as an insult. Did, right. Well, we didn't say that. We never said that to them. But also we have that like chip on our shoulder that all like Southerners do, but we very much interpreted that as like it's like, yes, they also are trash and talk yeah, like yeah. idiots you know oh yeah like like, like yes yeah, yeah, so they yeah have relations with barn animals as all of that you'll love it you know like that's that's how that's i 100 me too i 100 i 100 as them going you'll love it over there that's where all the dumb fucks are yeah right yeah exactly and by the way <laughs> we did we, we loved did. it absolutely loved it it was my favorite part me too far and away uh yeah uh See? let's uh there was something else I wanted to circle back to in a previous episode. I mean, hell, it's probably been three weeks ago or so now, but um, 
Well, can I briefly mention this real quick? We don't have to go into it, but if I don't briefly mention it right now, it's going to be dated. Just throwing it out there. But a uh, this is the (laughs) this dude uh, just got charged uh, with uh, attempting to kill the queen back in December because a chatbot told him to murder her with a crossbow, and he somehow snuck in. They talked to him and were like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "I'm on AI," and the thing told me to kill the queen with a crossbow, and he's just now being charged. That's all I'll say about that. But the fucking the uh, the simulation and the goddamn what's the thing when it gets to the end? Singularity. The, the singularity is upon us. Did they verify that, or was that just something he said? Well, it's just something he said, but I don't know why you'd make it up. Because you're a fucking lunatic with yeah, voices but if you're a in lunatic, your head? If you're a <laughs> lunatic, I, oh, wait, there's no way that a chatbot told him to kill the fucking queen. Was, see, that's what I was saying. Um, yeah, no, he that's made That's why it I up. asked the question is because, like, I, I, there's, there may be, like, 4chan chatbots, like... You know, like shady, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, racist part of the internet chatbots. I'm sure there probably are, but like before long, chatbots are going to be like porn. I'm sure, but like, yeah. But that struck me as odd because if you fuck around with Chat GPT or anything like that at all, like you can't get it. It won't say. Not that I sit on there trying to make it say, you know, I do uh, trying to trick it into saying the n word or whatever. I don't. I, oh, do wait, that. oh, I don't I just, do that. Yeah. I had my hand raised <laughs> yeah. still. I had my hand raised still. <laughs> fuck you, man. All I mean is like I was Sid Highland over the fucking I didn't do that. I've read articles and stuff about people getting mad because they can't get Chat GPT to say the N word, which is yeah. hilarious and so typical of the time we live in. But like you it won't there's no fucking way Chat GPT would ever tell someone to kill the queen or anybody. It's so innocuous by design, like uh that it just wouldn't, there's no way it would do that. But I, you know, I'm not up on all the chat bots out there. There might be some that are, you know, some Nazi chat bots who. Yeah. Like you said, the 4chan one, dude, I'm certain that there fucking is like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there, it can't, there's no fucking way that like all these advances in AI, they've all done them going, let's, let's be nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, there's well, some, there yeah. was an early example of AI <laughs> at like. An early example of this chat GPT type of thing. I mean, this was like eight or nine plus years ago now, I feel like, where it's like, it was like an early AI model and they didn't consider any of that. Like they just didn't factor that in like the whole, like, let's be nice about things or whatever. <laughs> they it just wasn't a part of it. And it was a, like a learning model that was designed to like, just like chat GPT works, as I understand it, 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 it was, but it was supposed to use like, social media I tweet. Think, or yeah. message boards or Twitter or something like that to like to to learn and adapt and mm-hmm. you know and develop a language model or whatever which is what chat GBT does but with the whole internet I believe right but this was an earlier yep. version of it and it was just using like social media and yeah, they yeah. plugged it in start from early, <laughs> like, okay let's see where it goes and then within four, like within like 36 hours they had to shut it down because it had already started ranting about how jews control the weather and fucking <laughs> white replacement theory and all this stuff like it like within within two days it was a full-blown nazi because yeah. you know that's how the internet uh be. it's true the internet radicalize even like half intelligent chat bots but what are you gonna do um yeah so anyway sorry i just thought i had to mention that because we won't have another chance that's i mean i reckon also past couple days somebody tried to kill obama but i don't what um, word not not like not he got caught way before he got to any kind of like 
But didn't also this dude with the crossbow? Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. Is the same guy? No, but what? A chatbot told him to kill the queen? Yeah. So this was months ago. It no, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's just now coming out, but it was back okay. in December. It was back in December okay. when it happened around Christmas. And by the way, I had the article and uh I was like I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna have this. I've got the fucking notes here. And uh I immediately hit my article limit. And so that's why I cut myself off really okay. quickly. Well, but yeah, no, it happened back at Christmas, but it's just now coming out. Like I think he's well, being tried now for treason. Okay. No, different different guy, uh obviously, but um yeah, he he loaded his truck up with guns and ammo like you do, and uh, went to to go murder former President Obama. Only in this case, it wasn't a chatbot who told him to do it; it was uh, former President Trump who told him. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little different. What's the point of but, killing him now? And I don't mean Trump's voice in his head. I mean apparently Trump Truth Social to put in something. He like doxed Obama, I guess. He like yeah. put out Obama's address, like and his like personal home address, and this guy took that as like a, a yeah. you know being given a mission, and yeah. he drove to the address but got called or whatever. So anyway, um, what a time to be alive. So <laughs> the thing I was going to circle back to was art. We were talking about goofy art a few episodes yeah. ago. Well, I found I ran into some more uh, kind of examples of that, except it's, this is like a little bit different, but it's more modern. Um, so, uh, Yoko Ono, uh, oh, dude, made a, <laughs> yeah, anything, made a, by the way, going back to our other point, anything I say about Yoko Ono does not mean that it's all Asian people. I feel about this or you know women, what I mean? or Asian or women. women or Asian women or people that yeah, broke up. Heard with she Beatles. can't drive for shit. No, guarantee she can't. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> In 1969, Yoko Ono made a 42-minute experimental film called Self-Portrait, which mm. premiered at the Institute of Contemporary Arts in London. All right. Now, it was called Self-Portrait, but I assume that was a case of dramatic irony because the film Self-Portrait consisted of one 42-minute single shot of John Lennon's semi-erect penis. Um, I hate her. I hate her. <laughs> she got him to say the N-word, too, like two months after the Beatles broke up. She did yeah. that. <laughs> Are you talking about the song? Woman is the N-word of the world. Of the world, yeah. He wouldn't have done that unless she said that to him a million times in her screeching ghoul voice. Did he not ever slap her around? I'm not Dude, saying that you should slap no any of them around. But, like, he, he she seemed to have full wife. control. Of, yeah, right. He, like, he was a wife beater. Everybody, you know. It's like uh it's a perfect example of like uh, a mark for, fact. Former guest host Mark Ag, a mark <laughs> fact. You bring up somebody who generally hits for you, and Mark will tell you why that person is a monster and undeserving <laughs> and of, right. your, of your of uh, your respect or affection. The the preeminent example of that is somebody having you know you bring up John Lennon. They're like, you know, he beat his wife, right? Yeah, we all know by this point. But my point is like, so he did. He was a shitty dad, all that stuff. I mean, whatever. But like. He ain't. He never kept Yoko in line at all. Either, <laughs> like it, either. It, it worked in reverse. 
<laughs> it worked in reverse yeah. when it came to her. I don't get that. Like, maybe a, a guy who operated his life like that let her like destroy the Beatles. That's wild, dude. She might know karate. Like maybe she hit mm, back. You know is. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, but not for real. Like that might have been his thing. Like he hit her and she fucking screamed at him and hit him back, and that was their thing. Like maybe they were like a BDSM thing, so it was a way for him to like get his wife beating antics put into something that like worked. You know, but yeah, dude, if he was ever going to slap anyone, Jesus Christ. Again, right. you shouldn't, you shouldn't, but no, but yeah. if you're going to, if, yeah, if that's your thing, but if you're gonna, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, do you want to know how self portrait ended <laughs> with him coming on the camera at the end of self portrait? A single drop of semen comes out of Lennon's penis. He would By later say. State in an interview that that was accidental. Okay, I was and about to say because like that's hard to do drop. if you're like just to get a single drop. Well, not to get too graphic with it, but I feel like if you keep a semi, a semi, yeah. you keep a semi, a, you know, a semi chub, a semi boner. If you keep one of those for nearly an hour, at some point, Cum's that's gonna, gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. pre cum as they call it. You know, it. it's really wild that. John Lennon is one of the most famous musicians to ever live. Like uh -huh. he's on probably on the Mount Rushmore of the most famous single musicians that have ever lived. And there's a goddamn 42 minute movie of his dick. And then he comes and I don't know about that. That's wild. <laughs> right. So the idea <laughs> beyond that, beyond just that, the idea was to uh, show the film <laughs> To, to audience members at an art gallery, right? And to then record with another camera, record their reaction to watching it and then put those things like side by side for like the A finished product. Video. Yeah, which is wild, right? It is kind wild. Of. Yeah, though, dude, we're, all right, well, hang on. Finishing that real quick. That didn't work out because they failed to record the actual audience. Like, their their <laughs> their gear failed, and they didn't get any footage of the audience watching, or at least that's what they said. They might not have been happy with it because everybody might have just been sitting there like, like what the fuck is, what is this? That's you know, what it um, is, dude. Yeah, but. Um, There's no way that the um, the, with all the money that they had, the gear failed. Not right. true. So. But anyway, reaction videos, brief aside, where you at on those? Um, well, here's the deal. I, I like, you know, I've, one of our sponsors better help, uh, help me with this, but I'm getting really, I'm getting a lot better with not getting angry about shit that I don't understand anymore. Um, and like, I just look at all forms of media that maybe I think they're stupid and just go, well, Corey, that's not for you because here's the thing. They're wildly popular. However, the only time I've ever like gone out of my way to willingly watch a reaction video was that black dude watching Freebird, and yeah, it's the best no, goddamn no thing shack. I've ever. And it's the best goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. Now I know that they're not all that good. Um, no, but like I, dude, I don't get them. I don't understand. Um, they make no sense. I don't understand how they get away with it on YouTube because we get flagged for fucking. Like, they, they'll watch a whole thing on YouTube, and it's fine. And, like, we put up one little clip, and it's like, we're arguably reacting to that, too. And we can't. So I don't fucking get any of it. I don't understand people. Like, there's clearly people who, like, their favorite thing is to watch reaction videos. I don't get it. But at the same time, you know, I didn't get Les Miserables, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, I did. I'm just kidding. But you get it. Yeah. If, if the person, if it's like 
an actual reaction and they're and they are funny like like yeah. you said, like no laugh no live shack like where they're they are their reaction making is it funny it's making, a performance a, is it performance in itself then i'm i can get on board with that but dude 90 percent of the react i see so many that are like just them sitting there just literally a person just sitting there just yeah. sitting there watching a thing and they'll it's it's like it's like it calling it a reaction video is ironic or something because it's know. like you're this is the absence of a reaction, a reaction. Like, what like what why what is the point like and sometimes the video that's, that's, that's coupled with that is like sometimes it hits it's funny or right. whatever and then that makes me even matter because i'm like we don't we don't need you just get, sitting there you know I get sad like, for a second what <laughs> what if they're so popular because some people it makes them feel like they're watching a video with another person yeah that's because a lot probably, of the internet is probably sad part of it you know that's what i probably mean part of it and that uh that super don't hit so the other thing i want to get into no, that's right i want to get into coco canal coco chanel after this uh but in keeping with that same theme, I found another example of, of that. It's from the same era. This time, the perpetrator is Andy Warhol. Right? What? Yeah, that guy. Did he beat his wife? Uh, I don't or know. Was boyfriend? he gay? Yeah. yeah but so, I, I, think, I, mean, dude, I, don't, I, I don't know if he was gay or not. I, I, don't, here's, I know I don't, start strikingly little about Andy Warhol, really. I need to read up on him. There's like a certain classification of celebrity who I look at as – not gay or not straight, but the, but what tier I put them in is they're the type of people that's like a hole's a hole, and yeah. like Andy Warhol, Steven Tyler, um, that's the only two I can think of off the top of my head. But Andy Warhol strikes me as a hole's a hole type of person. And by the way, I don't even mean bisexual. I mean like he don't even think of it as man. Get, I'm putting all this on dead Andy Warhol, but like he just seems like one of those people that's so eccentric that. What anything goes, you know. Speaking of which, so he um he had this dude. He made experimental films and stuff too, and they often starred his this frequent collaborator of his named Taylor Mead. Right? Yeah, I know Taylor Mead. Are you serious? From this, I know the name from this uh, because okay. Andy. I've been wanting to do an Andy Warhol episode just because of how many times he comes up in some of the other people, you know, and I know who Taylor Mead is. Okay. So Taylor Mead was like one of Andy Warhol's, you know, mm -hmm. dudes who showed up in his shit a lot and whatnot. And I guess a lot of people, they didn't like Taylor Mead. He was like uh, his Cato Kalen. Right. And a lot of people were like, that dude don't hit. Right. Yeah. Like, and, uh, he inspired a bit of a backlash. So in response to that backlash in 1964, Andy Warhol uh, produced, shot, and directed the film entitled Taylor Mead's Ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is how I know it. Yeah, which, this is how I know it. Which was a 60-minute opus consisting yeah. entirely of, you guessed it, Taylor Mead's Ass. Yep. During the first part of which, Mead exhibits a variety of movements, then for the latter half of the film, appears, and I don't know what appears means in this context, to shove a variety of objects up his ass. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, there you go. That's um, better than John Lennon's. He just sat there. Right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's funny because this says 76 
76 serial comic minutes of the poet slash actor's buttocks absorbing light, attention, and debris. <laughs> yep, debris. Debris. <laughs> Taking debris That's up different. the butt. That's different than objects, by the way. Debris? Yeah. Debris, to me, means there were sharp, loose things going into his butt that may have hurt. Like, debris is sharp and loose. So Am I wrong? I don't know. No, you're not. I don't... This... There, okay. They had to have, like, somehow faked him putting these things up his butt. If I'm reading this stuff right... Okay, so it says the satirical devices of exaggeration and incongruity are represented by the objects mm -hmm. that give characteristics such as simile, symbolism, hyperbole, imagery, and foreshadowing to the film's pop culture iconography in the Jesus. form of in the form of a photo of Lady Bird Johnson. <laughs> that don't hit. Another of Tippy Hedron and Rod Taylor and the Birds. Another of Liz <laughs> Taylor and Richard Burton. The Beatles on the cover of Life magazine. Hemingway's movable feast. Tolstoy's That's Anna France. Karina. Anna Karenina. A gay porn magazine entitled Big. There it is. Flowers, a vacuum cleaner hose, a Scott toilet tissue wrapper, which creates an avant-garde social commentary historic time capsule and psychosexual drama. Uh, so there you, you have it. It's, but you know, it's funny cause I've, I've talked on stage quite a bit and still bring it up every now and then I've talked in podcasts and stuff about how like people talking about how idiocracy is a documentary or whatever. I hate those people. Right. Me too. And I've always said that's total bullshit and whatnot. And, just on that note, remember in Idiocracy, the number one movie in the country when he first pops back up in the future is I just, remember. it's two hours of an ass farting. Yeah, That's yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, I'd watch it. Mr. Like, Butt. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, God, that Mr. movie rules. Mr. Butt's magnum opus. That, that, that movie does absolutely rule. But anyway, I'm saying, like, you know, Andy Warhol beat Did Idiocracy that. to that by fucking 60 years or whatever. To be completely fair about the context, I'll say this and we'll, you know, you can uh, respond as you would and then we'll move on. But to be completely fair to Andy Warhol, this was directly inspired by a uh, shitty critique or review. Actually, it was a letter to the editors uh, of the Village Voice. So somebody just wrote in and the Village Voice uh, printed it. And in their letter, they said, among other things, quote, I have tolerated his praise of films shot without cameras, films shot without lenses, films shot without film, <laughs> films shot out of focus, films <laughs> focusing on Taylor Mead's ass for two hours, <laughs> etc. But the August 13 column in praise of Andy Warhol was a bit too much. So it's this dude who wrote in bitching about experimental film, basically. And, uh, Mead and Warhol were like, just so you know, we've not actually made a two-hour film of Taylor Mead's ass, but, but we're gonna we're gonna rectify that see, with with the unlimited resources at our command, love and kisses. So it was their response to that guy who was like ripping on them for being the way they are. First off, they rectumfied it, huh? How about yeah. that? Secondly, that context means everything. I, like, yeah, I, I, agree. I didn't it know does that. Make like, it different. that's yeah, dude. That makes it so fucking different. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't read that part, but like, t like that's that was just a fuck you. That's yeah. amazing and way different because it yeah. make it makes you know that he didn't think in his mind this is art. This is you brilliant. know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, but I'm glad that you said it was that a troll. 
basically. And, yes, and in in your words, you use you use the word avant garde. That's how I found out about Taylor Mead because I and I haven't done it yet, but I'm I'm saying it now so that I will. Uh, it, it's on record. I want to do an, a Professor Cho about avant garde films. And when researching that and putting some notes together, Taylor Mead's ass uh, came up, and I thought Taylor Mead was a lady's name, and uh, so I was pretty excited. Uh, but no, so yeah. Anyways, uh, Coco yeah, Chanel. So expect that episode soon, and uh, as soon as I go, Joe, pee don't you tell of- us about Coco Chanel? Joe, won't you tell? Yes. About Joe, won't Coco. you tell about Coco Chanel? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Y'all listen, sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. I know that us in the in the wacky world of show business can be somewhat out of touch with the general human experience. Everybody knows that. But when it comes to uncertainty, inconsistency, instability, things of that nature, believe me, we understand. It's also not something I thrive on. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of a creature of routine, frankly. Uh, I'm sort of wired that way. I, I operate better as a person when I'm on a routine. And the career that I have chosen for myself kind of necessarily prevents that. And there's not much to be done about it. So I'm constantly grappling with instability and uncertainty, not sure how to approach things. Being your own boss is great, but that means you're the one that's in charge. You're the one that's responsible. And you're the one who has to make all the decisions. So you can be paralyzed by these choices. Any human being can, whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else. Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. Cho, you're a big therapy devotee. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I suffer from the same career problems that Trey does. Being your own boss, a lot of pressure. Also, just had a kid. Everything seems like it's like piling on at times. And I've really, really leaned into therapy. I started two years ago and I attribute, you know, much of the happiness and success in my career to just getting to a better place mentally where I was able to focus more and I wasn't getting weighed down uh, by the little things. Sincerely, I, you know, I, I dealt with it for a long time and coming where I'm from, sounding like I sound, it's very much in the culture to just suck it up. But uh, sometimes you can't and there ain't nothing wrong with working on yourself. Your brain is an organ just like your other organs and you'd go in, you know, to get your liver fixed. So do it with your brain uh, with better help. Uh, like I said, if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because you can do it all online. We all hate going places. The pandemic made us realize how much we hate going places. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. Uh, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no charge. Uh, so let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash POA today and get 10% off your first month. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash P-O-A. Betterhelp.com slash P-O-A. Do it. Your brain will thank you. All right, it's time. He's got his drink. He's got his diaper. He's ready to rock. He's ready to... (laughs) Ready to educate everybody. That's Professor right. Cho, 
What professor wears his salt doesn't have a bear in a diaper whenever he begins his lesson. That's what I say. This particular lesson of history, Professor Cho is on the subject of a uh, renowned uh, fancy bitch and Jew hater, uh, yep. Coco Chanel. Yeah, that's it. That is it. And that's honestly the two biggest takeaways uh, uh-huh. from all this. Chanel, Coco Chanel, by the way, I'm not going to lie, for a long period of my life, I thought for some reason that Zsa Zsa Gabor and Coco Chanel were the same person. Like every, like even though I know Zsa Zsa Gabor and Ava Gabor or these things, every time I heard Coco Chanel, I pictured Zsa Zsa Gabor. Does that make sense or is that stupid? Uh... Also, have I talked about Zsa Zsa Gabor on here? Yes. Yes, we talked about Zsa Zsa. Um, uh, I mean, I, they're definitely in the same like general ballpark for sure. All right. Well, she's in – Coco Chanel is obviously now like you don't have actually, to know. No, they're not. Holy shit. I just Googled Coco Chanel, and I'm sorry. I'm actually – so, I mean, yeah, Dude, you're making perfect she looks way sense. different, right? That's – yeah, she – yeah. Uh, but you would have thought – I Coco just said, I was like, oh, they're in the same ballpark, so I get it. But having actually Googled Coco Chanel and seeing what she looks, she doesn't look anything at all that's, like what I thought she looked like. That's what I'm saying, but isn't Zsa, Zsa Gabor what you think Coco Chanel what would look Zsa, like? What Zsa Gabor looked like, especially as she got older, is that absolutely what I thought Coco Chanel yes, looked like. That, yes. that's basically I don't mean her face. I mean, like, her whole vibe. vibe her whole thing. Yes. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. Uh, and I was like, this is the, like doing research for this is the only t- first time I've ever seen Coco Chanel's like, face. I just had always put Zsa Zsa Gabor there because she doesn't, you know, look like that. Um, Coco Chanel, obviously, nowadays, even if you don't know Coco, you know Chanel. I mean, (laughs) Chanel is the Air Jordans of the fancy bitch world. You know what I mean? It's just something that, like like I said, there's, you know, there's probably some kids that know more about the sneakers than they know about Jordan. And, and Chanel is the same thing. Like it's an iconic brand. You think of handbags, you think of dresses. Uh, and I, I wanted to ask you a question, Trey, uh, cause you, you've been in the, the handbag buying game, right? <laughs> you've been in the Barely. handbag buying game. Yeah. Well, Barely, I was just wondering, briefly and, uh, with little success. What do you yeah. mean by that? Uh, so like, Oh man, I'm I'm an absolutely terrible gift buyer and gift giver. Evidently, I don't think you Never. are. I know. I well, I, I think maybe it's just for women. Like yeah. I, you know, I'm a woman. Like, it's funny. I can buy dudes gifts generally, uh, but like Katie. First of all, Katie's super hard to buy for because like Katie's like that's my wife. Uh, if any of y'all don't know, she's like she just gets what she wants. Like she don't right. have like crazy expensive taste. So she's not like going and blowing our money on Rodeo drive or nothing like that. But like if she wants a fucking new pair of Lululemon pants or whatever, like she just gets it right. Yeah. Like she's just always been that way. So like she has everything she wants. She thinks a lot of things are useless or dumb or whatever. It's like, I never know what to get her ever. She won't tell me anything in reverse, by the way, I'll tell her literally exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. And she'll just ignore it and yep. get me some random bullshit instead. Not always. Yep. She she listens to the show, so I'm sorry. I know honey. that's so why you, I wanted to do this. You give me like you you know you have gotten me some wonderful gifts, but also I you know you have ignored me on multiple occasions before. And I feel like like last year I resorted to 
she mentioned at some point she wanted a dainty necklace. So I left like a six month reminder in my phone. Yeah, yeah. Like I went in my calendar and went six yeah. months ahead of time to like a, two weeks before her birthday or Christmas or whatever. And it was like, uh, you know, buy Katie a dainty necklace. So like when it popped up, I was like, I don't, what? Mm-hmm. Who, I, who wrote that? I got present me. Didn't even remember past me writing it. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, also for a lot of our relationship, I was, you know, fucking poor white trash to the core when we still are but used to be too yeah right but i had no money at all then you know we got married she was knocked up pretty quickly all that it was like i had a good job with the doe but we had two babies and diapers you know it's like yeah i was no longer white trash by that point obviously (laughs) fucking you know 25 (laughs) years old with two kids and diapers and fucking you know still driving hand-me-down vehicles and that type of stuff still living paycheck to paycheck all that shit never had any like money money at all and then so early on in having some money i was like oh i know like (laughs) yeah i'll buy her some of that like shit that you know fancy bitches wear or like or whatever like you know chanel louis vuitton designer stuff that type of thing because she does like clothes and bags and jewelry and all that chick shit right so i was like that's what i'll do she especially likes like she needed a purse at the time so i just went into gucci right of course uh an actual gucci store out here in los angeles um with my rodeo drive there one day uh i don't remember uh no you would remember if it was i think it was in glendale i don't beverly hills don't hit for me i don't like going down of course but uh anyway uh, and so I went in there and looked around and I got, they had basically two different kinds of bags. They had like plain ish, mm-hmm. like black, but they were Gucci bags. And then they had bags you could tell was Gucci, Gucci. right? Yeah. They had, they like had a floral print and were like, that's a Gucci bag. Right. So I was like, okay, well, obviously I'm going to get, get that one. Like, I was like, I'm not going to spend yeah. The amount of money that it takes to spend on these Gucci bags and have some bag that might not be a Gucci bag from afar. You of know course. what I mean? Like that defeats the purpose. I don't understand why anybody would do that. Right. Cause I'm trash and don't know stuff and have no class or taste or anything. So I just went with the, uh, yeah, you don't hit the more overtly Gucci ish one. Right. right? And, uh, was so excited. I was like, this is a home run, dude. This would be, and, uh, yeah, did not hit for her. She, uh, she lasted about 30 seconds pretending that it did before she had to be like, yeah, I'm not, can I take this back? And I was like, just absolutely furious. I was like, why? You know, what the fuck? You know, she said it was too gaudy, mm-hmm. too flashy for her that she wasn't like that. She was like, she, you know, um, then she started saying like, you don't, you don't have stuff. You don't like gaudy stuff either. And I was like, yeah, well, no, but that ain't the point. Like, I don't, I don't. I don't want to floss, but like you right. need to be flossing. Yes. Right? You know so what I'm saying? Like, no. Oh, he, yeah. Because yeah. we all want in the South, we want our woman to be blinged out because yes, right. we know that when someone sees a woman blinged out, they first they thing know is they the, go, Yeah, right. Her husband the, heads. The, the, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I know. I know. I do the same shit with Amber. Yes. That's a hundred percent correct. It's like, no, I have some humility. All right. And right. Some, you know, like, like I don't, I don't need to have attention drawn on myself, but right. you, I need to use you to make sure that people know that I hit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but she wasn't down with that. So she returned it and then got like a middle of the road purse. That was, you'll never believe this pretty much just black, black. Couldn't yep. tell what it was. It's like, um, what is it? Uh, it 
It's like in between, like just a purse you get at Target and a Gucci bag. Dooney uh, and Burke. No, Coach? no. Louis uh, It's some woman's name. Tara Birch. Oh, oh, Tori Birch. Tori Birch. Tori Birch. Tori Birch. That's my yeah. mom's favorite. She wears Tori, Tori Birch shoes. Tori Birch purse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Trey, the reason that she didn't like it is because you ignored uh, Coco Chanel's entire creed, in which it is simplicity is the keynote of all true elegance. Right. A couple more right. quotes that I'd like to read you from Coco Chanel, just so we can get to know her a little bit. And I would also like your reaction to this, these quotes, fashion fades, only style remains the same. How's that strike you? I, I legitimately have no idea how to interpret that. Uh, right. Yeah. There's a lot of hers that are like that. That's what okay. I was hoping. Uh, just capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now this one is I kind of agree with. In order to be re- ir- in order to be irreplaceable, one must always be different. I think that's true. Well, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Dress- She's vacillating wildly between like cryptic and uh, yeah. indecipherable and like seemingly obvious to me. Yeah. That's how that's how I'm feeling about these so far. <laughs> now this one's pretty good. Dress shabbily and they remember the dress. Dress impeccably. And they remember the woman. I like that one. I do that too. One's, that one, that's and it's a good very one. true. It's very it's true. Very true. Like me normally. Yeah, well, I don't know. I feel like they also remember the fucking trashy piece of but, shit but, that but came in what, in sweatpants or whatever that morning. But they only talk about the outfit. But they only talk about the outfit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but if you come back in later, if it was yeah. you and you come back through later, they're gonna be like, "There's that fucking trash bag who was wearing sweatpants earlier or whatever," and didn't hit for me. I think it is a good quote though. Yeah. Okay. Now here's another one that I think falls into that first category that you were lumping them in. Nature gives you the face you have at 20. Life shapes the face you have at 30, but at 50, you get the face you deserve. Hmm. I, okay. Probably. She probably means like, (laughs) if you don't take care of your face and shit, 
you're going to be haggish, right? Which is what you deserve for not putting the time in to have a hidden face. Yeah. Over the course of your, over the course of your youth. Yeah. If you haven't worn sunscreen, then by 50, you deserve that. Uh, Here's, here's one uh, that I think Katie would agree with. As long as you know, men are like children, you know, everything. Uh huh. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with it. Elegance is not the prerogative of those who have just escaped from adolescence, but of those who have already taken possession of their future. Okay, do that one more time. (laughs) Elegance is not the prerogative of those who have just escaped from adolescence, but of those who have already taken possession of their future. Yeah, okay, I get that. I'm with you. Now, here's my favorite one. A woman who doesn't wear perfume has no future. <laughs> yep, short and to the point. <laughs> yeah. Gabrielle Bonhoeffer. Nobody going to hire your stanky ass. <laughs> Gabrielle also, bon- also, back then, like, she could have left out the whole who doesn't wear perfume part, mm-hmm. right? Am I wrong? A like, woman, this, yeah. She, she was. This was still a time when women, generally speaking, did not have a future. Right? That's true. As a general 18, rule, she's born in eighteen eighty three. Uh, yeah. She's born. She's born Gabrielle Bonheur Chanel, uh, later known as Coco. Of course, uh, she was the second daughter of Albert Chanel and Jeanne Deville. Uh, so her dad was a street vendor, and her mama was a laundry woman uh-huh. uh, in the eighteen hundreds. Right. So if you can guess. They are not even a little bit financially well off. They are very poor. And that's one thing that I would like to point out here is because there's a lot of Coco Chanel types out there who the reason that they were able to be successful is because they didn't have to worry about anything. Like they were like, like Kylie Jenner, for instance, she's, she's a fashion mogul now. Well, duh. She fucking never had to do anything else except for go, I like lipstick. Let's put my name on lipstick. And I only bring this up because people constantly talk about how they're like, they're like, no, I mean, yeah, the Jenners have a lot of money, but Kylie's a self-made woman (laughs) because, you know, she did her own thing. And it's like, right, I'm not saying that that's not cool to be an entrepreneur, but Coco was legit fucking born in poverty there's a story that i heard i think it was on behind the bastards and i want to give that shout out if you're not listening to behind the bastards you should still listen to our show but behind the bastards is great that this is when coco was born her mom was on a train and she suddenly like goes into labor and she doesn't like she doesn't say that to anybody she just looks really sick and she's distressed so this couple like takes her and they're like oh my god we got to get you help so they take them take her to her house and then they get a doctor over there because they're like, she's really sick. And by the I don't actually, Coco's mom didn't know she was in labor. So they're like, she's really sick. And then the doctor gets over there and they're like, oh my, he's like, oh my God, she's not sick. She's in labor. And the family immediately was like, get this whore out of here. Because <laughs> like being sick, they were like so compassionate. But when they found out that she was just having a kid, they were like, this ain't it. Right. So anyways, her, uh, her mom ends up dying. And she's left uh, with her dad at 12 years old. But her dad was like, you know what? Being a single father, 
that ain't it. So he gives them to a fucking orphanage. She ends yeah. up growing up in a Catholic orphanage. At 18, she leaves the orphanage and started working as a seamstress creating hats and other garments. So she's starting to sew. She's sort of like getting the hang of it and is like, okay, this might be something that can pull me out. In her early 20s, she takes to the stage, my friend. She began performing as a cabaret singer in various clubs and cafes. This is where she gets the nickname Coco. Uh, a lot of people thought, oh, that's because she used to sing this song uh, that had the word Coco in it. And sh But she insists that people called her that because it's short for coquette, which in French means a yeah. kept woman. You know that? You know that one? Uh, I, coquettish. I thought yeah. that... Um no, I didn't. I, that's that. I, I just now you have informed me that that's a word I've been wrong about my whole life. I thought that uh, I could be I, wrong. I, I no, I mean obviously not. You've got a source. I didn't. I, I didn't yeah. know it meant kept woman. I thought that uh, coquettish meant like, uh, uh, you know, like, um, what am I trying to say? Like foxy and alluring. Okay, but here's the thing: why you, know you may I mean? not be wrong. Uh, sh this is what she says about herself, and the more I read, the more people are saying like, "You really Petite. can't believe a goddamn word that she says." Because okay. like, if you go through several interviews with her, she will tell four different versions of how she was brought up, like wildly different. And a lot of people like noticed that like she was taking her life story from plot lines in novels, like so. Part of me is thinking like, well, there, there's this girl that grew up poor okay. and she had a shitty right. life. So according to, you know, dictionary.com or whatever, coquettish means behaving in such a way as to suggest a playful sexual attraction, okay. flirtatious. So I was right about that. You are. But, but the literal translation of coquette is kept woman. Okay. I did not know that. So Okay, anyways, cool. So ahead. we were both right. I love yeah. that. That never works out. Um, but she used to just make a lot of shit up, which, like, you got to imagine, like, well, she came from, like, she's in a Catholic fucking orphanage. Like, when people would ask her about her life, she didn't want to say that. So she just started saying wild shit. Like, I empathize with her in that. Uh, and there's a lot of things in her early yeah. life that you empathize with until you find out the whole, like, she was a Nazi thing. Um, this is what's crazy, is that, so... She decides, like, a around her time when she starts making dresses, this is during the period when women were all wearing those, like, 13-layer corsets, and they had, like, that, you know that, like, exoskeleton they had under it? Yeah. To, yeah. like, make their butts look big? Mm -hmm. Well, Coco was like, this is fucking stupid. So stupid. Because one of her quotes, let me go up here and read this that I forgot. Uh, one of her quotes was, luxury must be comfortable, otherwise it's not luxury. And I fucking agree with that so much. You know what I mean? I hit, therefore I should wear sweatpants. Also, like, why do women need to look like a lampshade? It makes you know no I mean? sense. It makes no fucking sense. So she decides that women would rather be comfortable, and of course she's correct. And what's wild is this, uh, so... Coco Chanel apparently dressed very masculine and like that. And a lot of her early designs were like basically putting women in man's clothes. And, you know, um, that's not even good now. <laughs> like, like you get shit on for that now. And this is the fucking twenties or this is the, the tens. So that was her deal. Her, her designs were all based on, 
clothes that she saw poor people wearing because poor people didn't have these standards to live up to. Poor people just dressed functional and comfortable. So Coco was like, that's what we're going to do. And I say all that to say this, rich people co-opting Carhartt is not a new thing. That has uh-huh. been going on forever. All of these ideas were because poor people are functionality only. And they like we like, poor people wear shit that is comfortable because they're like, well, I mean, it's not like anybody's going to look at me otherwise. Here's what I'm not following or here's what's not tracking for me about this is I feel like now you said the tens, the teen. I mean, that's a long ass time ago, but I feel like every every picture I ever seen, seen every picture I have ever seen of like a city street from like the 20s, 30s, 40s. Every motherfucker out there is in a goddamn three-piece suit with an overcoat and a nice Man. hat and all that. Sh- I know, but I'm saying like it there, did, because there was I wouldn't no man call it doing casual what, or um, but, but the women comfortable seeming or any of that. Like it wasn't sweatpants. But the, fucking, no, no, no. But the women was different either. But, That's because the men didn't have a Coco Chanel tray. That's because the men didn't have a Coco Chanel. Somebody made this point in a documentary that I watched that was like, look at Downton Abbey. The first couple seasons, they're all wearing this fucking real complicated shit. And then when they get a little bit older, all of a sudden they're wearing just these plain satin dresses. That is Coco Chanel's influence on the fucking world because she took it by storm. But there was not that for men. Men still had to dress to the nines. You know what I'm saying? And I would say a lot of that is because women weren't in business. You know what yeah, I mean? Women right. weren't in business. Men, like, they couldn't get away with that shit because men had to, like, you're, if you're going to buy a railroad, you better not do it in some fucking pajamas. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Right. So uh, she started She started using, you would think, you're like, oh, the reason Coke, the Chanel stuff costs so much is because it's made out of really expensive fabrics. Actually, not. Uh, she started out, and it's still to this day a thing. She used what's called jersey fabric, and jersey it's a knit fabric used predominantly for clothing manufacturer uh, made of wool, uh, cotton, and synthetic. Right? Oh, it's now with synthetic, but it was used exclusively to make men's underwear. So she's making her dresses and shit out of what they use to make men's underwear. Because it was fucking cheap, and she's like, "I'll make this shit for cheap." It the re- why it will sell is because it's comfortable, right? And I can fucking put any price tag on it because I'm the only bitch out here doing it. She also uh, she, her signature dress, as we know, if you ever hear anybody say the little black dress, you yeah, know that's yeah. a thing, right? That's oh, yeah. her. That's her. Her whole thing was like it's that thing with not being complicated. It's like it's a black dress. It's little. And here's the deal. She was right in so much of that stuff about how, like, elegance never goes out of style, but fashion does. She made something that, to this day, if you take a, my mom yeah, has a little black it's timeless, dress. timeless, right. It's, it's yeah. timeless. My mom has a little bright black it's dress. It's never going to not work. Right. And it's the same as the one from the 20s. Like, it's right. never going to not fucking work. It was obviously made very famous because Audrey Hepburn wore the Chanel one in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, uh-huh. One of her biggest lasting legacies, though, is not fashion. It is instead her perfume, Chanel Number no. 5. Uh-huh. You I thought ever, it was nine. Is there a nine? There is a nine now, I'm pretty okay. sure. And I think that's okay. a men's. My favorite co- uh, cologne of all time okay. is Chanel Allure. Nothing smells better on earth than Chanel Allure. But number five, and by the way, it's called so because designer Ernest Bow, uh, he brought her samples labeled. Like, she's like, I want to do this shit. I want to make a fragrance that uh, apparently at this time, women 
the, the only they had single note fragrances, which was like you smell like vanilla. You have vanilla oil or you have peppermint oil. And she was like, no, this is the time when she goes, things need to be complicated. Right. That's what there I was about to say. It's why both of these things are wild to me because it's like I'm not taking anything away from her. She almost had to feel like this is. I don't know how to put what I'm trying to say, but I think it's super interesting and wild. She basically, because of the time she was at, like, she was the first person to go like, hey, we don't need to be wearing fucking fishbone corsets or whatever. We can just wear a regular dress. And it's like, that was a revolutionary idea at the time. When it's like, it just seems like, you know, a natural, you know, like obvious. It seems obvious. Same thing, but in reverse with perfumes. Like perfumes are like this vanilla, this rose, this strawberry get the fuck out or whatever. And for her to be the first person is like, well, why don't we make like a bouquet yeah. of scents that hit, you know, it's like, that seems obvious, right? But I agree. Like, it's obvious now because of Chanel. Like she, had, it had to, she had to feel like this shit is easy. I, I agree. Because like, it's like, <laughs> like and, and dude, it just, she, you know, and I know it wouldn't seem obvious if to this day, no one had done it. If she hadn't done it and still hadn't been done, it wouldn't feel obvious, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of wild. I agree with you, but it always does take one person. And no, it she is. Was you're right. And, and that's, that's how kind of revolutionary sort of thinker, whatever it is, unless you're talking about in like physics or high right. science or mathematics or, or ben, something. Ben Franklin you, inventing the bifocals is a little more complicated than what she did. Right. Probably. Yes. But a lot of times it is a thing where it's like, this is obvious. I somebody didn't think about that before. Yeah. Right. The thing before is, that, is that before that person did. Well, right. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the difference though, Trey. A lot of people had thought about it, but they didn't do shit about it. Uh huh. You know what I mean? I think that's a lot of those times where it's like, you know, it's just, there's somebody's like, I'm willing to actually do it instead of sit around and talk about how it would hit if this, like there's doers and there's fucking complainers. Right. And it's, it's really depressing because like, dude, she's such a fucking impressive person. Like if only she had not hated the Jews, like she really is a feminist icon. I, I had no idea she was uh new money at all. Like yeah, I dude, like completely poor. I would like, have she's bet so impressive. A lot of money that she was the wealthy daughter of some landed gentry French motherfucker, like a baron. I would have thought I she know, was a, a baroness too. or something. Now so I gotta give it up to me all Me too. That. Uh, me like, too, dude. <laughs> like, now it's all very, very impressive. So please tell me about the Jews. Now, okay, I was about to say the Jew hating stuff actually does come come about because, in my opinion, she started hanging out with those types. Uh, because around this time, she meets. The, oh, did I say that? Uh, I didn't. I didn't say this that Chanel Number no. Five was called. Did I tell you, tell you why it was called Number no. Five? Was it the fifth iteration? F- Ernest Bo brought her a bunch of samples. And yeah. he had his samples listed one through five and 20 through 24. And she liked five the most. And so she was like, let's do Chanel number five. And he's like, but there hasn't been a number one. And she goes, it's simple. I like simplicity. Yeah. Chanel number five. That's the fucking name. So around this time, she's blowing up, right? She's got her perfume. It's the number one selling perfume until, I mean, I don't know, maybe uh, fucking white diamonds is the first person to ever take it over. It was like the number one forever around this time. 
she meets a British socialite named Vera Bate Lombardi, and that she had a ton of high society friends. We're talking dukes, princes, blah, blah, blah. She got Coco into sporting, hunting foxes, polo, yada, yada, all that stuff. This had a huge influence on her later fashion, which was like sporting fashion. She already wanted people to be comfortable, but she's like, okay, and these people that are going and hunting foxes, I need to make something that's elegant but also comfortable for them so they're not just sitting there fucking tight ass in these gold button red jackets and shit like that. Um so then she starts working as an undercover agent uh, in World War II for the Nazis. Her code name, her code name was Westminster. She had a relationship with this guy named, and tell me this guy ain't a Nazi, Hans Gunther von Dinklage. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a Nazi motherfucker. They yeah. lived together for Hans a period. Hans Gunther von Dinklage. <laughs> that motherfucker yeah. hated the Jews. Hated Professional, the Jews. Professionally. That was, that's what he do. We know yeah. plenty of people around our neck of the woods that hate Jews, but not get a paycheck for hating the Jews. You know right. what I mean? So he's they lived together for a while in, in the Ritz Hotel, uh, which the Ritz Hotel at this time, this whole in France, everything's occupied by the Germans. And yeah. the, she gets like a special allowance to stay there. Like, and it should have like yeah. people should people should have known like, hey, Coco's still here. Maybe she's working with the Nazis. Yeah, right. Um, you know what I mean? But they didn't. Nobody thought about that shit. So her that's business, weird. I agree. Her business partner who helped her get Chanel number no. five off the ground, he was a Jewish. He was a Jew. He was a Jewish feller named Pierre. So he helps her get it off the ground. But what happens is, and this is what I was talking about earlier when I say, I get why she hates one Jew. Um, he made her sign this big contract. And in the fine print where he knew that she wasn't going to fucking read it, she only got 10% of the money from Chanel number no. five. And this guy who didn't help with the fragrance, di- fragrance didn't have the Chanel name. He got 90% of it just because he was helping her with this deal. And so like, yeah, did, he didn't hit for him. Yeah. At all. And so, but anyways, right. Coco Chanel sees an opportunity. Was it Jerry Heller, is that his name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember Jerry Heller yeah. situation. It's, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure Ice Cube, I don't think, they don't have for like he's not super fond of, yeah, you know, white people as a whole because of, or G, oh Jews, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So like yeah. it might be, a, yeah, might be a similar type situation. Yeah, yeah. It's only one I don't guy. know. Look, there's just been a lot of there's been a whole rash of uh, prominent black people publicly not liking Jews lately. I don't know how else to say it. It's just uh, it's, it's a real thing that's happened. It's been a trend. Yeah. It's a real uh, thing. Kanye being that much of a trendsetter, but you know, lots of uh athletes and rapper i, I shouldn't have said ice no. cube i think is just uh i don't think he's like come out and outright said it or whatever i just feel like he's got uh we know he hates one jew that's all we're saying <laughs> right yeah we know he, he we're not saying I, look, he dude, I love ice cube you he's know. the best we're both uh, uh, we're both writers fans we have that in common man ice so cube. so during the war slash holocaust uh coco chanel sees an opportunity to get all of her money back because it was illegal for Jews to have businesses. Oh, I should point out, I forgot to say this. The reason that this guy was her business partner was because at the time, women were not allowed to have a bank account. Right. So she literally has to have this guy because even though she's a revolutionary, she's not allowed to have a bank account because she's a fucking woman. So she sees this moment of like, holy shit, Jews aren't allowed to have businesses. I can out this fucking guy and get all my money back. But what she didn't... uh 
know was going to happen was this guy saw this shit coming too, and he had already signed and transferred his business into this white man's name and was using this white dude as a sort of like shell company while he was in hiding from the Nazis so that he was still making all the money. So she is eventually investigated for collaboration uh, with the Nazis, but she's released due to lack of evidence. But a lot of what I think is that Winston Churchill was her buddy. Winston Churchill really liked her because she hunted foxes with him. And I'm thinking that maybe he just sort of like helped her out, you know. Now, when it comes out, though, that she may have been helping the Nazis, her business took a pretty big hit. But not for long, Trey. Not for long. Because a little bit after that, she introduced the Chanel suit. The suit featured a collarless boxy jacket with contrasting trim paired with a slim-fitting skirt. The design revolutionized women's fashion. This is what we see Hillary Clinton in now. That was that shit. The woman's business suit. Also, she reintroduces her little black dress. And my friend, you can't keep a hitter down. She survived all the Nazi rumors, right? She did eventually settle her dispute with Wertheimer, uh, that guy, for $9 million and regain control of her brand. Uh, however, they have the Chanel empire today. Karl Lagerfeld runs it. But they, like, I guess after she died, they picked it back up. Um, but, yeah, that is Coco Chanel, a very complicated woman who I, I can't lie. I mean, she fucking hit. Uh, yeah. It's just that she hated the Jews. Mm. Hated them. Which makes I mean, her look, not hit. dude, you know, there was... Uh, you know, Henry Ford, Walt Disney, her. Yeah, like it's a thing. It was a thing back then. It, 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 <laughs> it's a fucking thing. Uh, you want to get to some airmail real quick, Trey? Yeah. Um, I, I selected this one, and I'm glad I did because it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with John Lennon. Uh, the subject line: How do you sleep? <laughs> oh God. Hey, Hey guys, big recent fan here. You both hit very hard and I've recommended you to several of my Yankee friends. Hearing smart and thoughtful conversations from men with your accent has been refreshing. However, I do have one point of contention. I know art is subjective, but how on earth do you regard Paul as the greatest Beatle? I will admit he may be the best oh. instrumentalist, but that alone is hardly a full accounting. Now, we all love the Beatles, but it is hard to judge each member's contributions to songs created by the collaborative efforts of a group. So we must look at the solo work. Here we arrive at Wings. No one with an ounce of respect would compare Wings to the Beatles. So wherein lies the difference? It is entirely the lack of John and George, both of whom, unlike Paul, went on to make more good music, which leads me to the subject of this email. When John came to his bandmates and said he was thinking of leaving the band, Paul begged him not to go. Then Paul announced through the media that he was leaving the band to start his own group. This rightfully annoyed the other members so much so that John and George collaborated on a song about Paul called How Do You Sleep? In this song, they state that the only thing Paul ever did was yesterday, the song yesterday. Interestingly, after John was murdered, Paul tried to get John's name off of that song as a co-writer, a dick move regardless. I defy you to read the lyrics of any Wings song and say, this is meaningful. It's like he just throws darts at a board covered with random words. Also, simply having a wonderful Christmas time is universally considered not just the worst holiday song, but likely the most annoying song ever composed. And yes, Paul puts on a good 
good live show, but it's because he plays a bunch of fucking Beatles songs everyone loves and is a competent musician surrounded by the best money can buy while also being a living legend and the avatar of the concept of nostalgia. In conclusion, Something by George Harrison is the best Beatles song, followed by about 10 John and George masterpieces. Sorry, sorry this was so long. I love you both. Ben from Philly. That was a very Philly ass uh, yes, letter. I felt like yes. really like that. Fuck Paul McCartney. How about yeah. that? Fucking just uh, look. I okay. As we kind of alluded to earlier, I can't follow that. By the way, so that's going to be we're going to get to the rest of the airmail next week. Yeah. Uh, as we kind of alluded to earlier, I just felt like John Lennon got you know a little head up buddy yep. and uh a little jerk offy and shit also in beat his, his later years before being struck down also beat his wife all that stuff now that's not musical in nature but the first thing not. is though like for example like um, you know imagine it's like any 14 15 year old here's imagine and they're like fucking whoa right but as an adult and after fucking Gal realizing and he the rest of hollywood it. sang it to us during covid and all that well, shit it's like it's it's like it's kind of well and it's, it's you know and the also realizing musical equivalent of the jerk off motion. Yes, and uh, also realizing that he wrote it on a fifty thousand dollar piano, you know, right? And uh, I, dude, George Harrison, I, nothing but George Harrison rules. George, I just, I would that, say George like, Harrison said number two. And I and like uh, George Harrison, you know, I agree about something. Something is awesome. As my guitar gently weeps and watching the wheels and all that, I, I got. I got nothing but was love Blackbird for George, Paul or George for George Harrison. Uh, but I don't know if I think I don't know. I'll look it up. Keep talking. I'm looking at a list of songs written by Paul McCartney, and I don't see Blackbird on here, so it must have been one of the other ones. So, well, but what see, are some? some of them are classified as a lot of them are classified Lennon as and Lennon McCartney. McCartney. Yeah, right. which might be a Matt Damon, Ben Affleck situation. And Blackbird is classified as a Lennon, McCar Lennon yeah. McCartney song. And that's what I'm saying. It's like when it comes to this guy, my man Who from knows? Philly. It's like, how you don't know the breakdown of how each of those. Like, By the for way, example, we like, love you. Like, hey, right. But like, hey, Jude, for example, that's listed as a Lennon McCartney song. But like, dude, Paul, Paul McCartney wrote that song. He of had course. to have. It's about wrote it, Julian yes. Lennon. Yeah. Right? Like, it's about John's son. Like, and there's not so, many more iconic Beatles song than Hey Jude. Right, exactly. Yeah. So most of their iconic songs are listed as a collaboration between the two. And who's to say? I'm sure that all of it's been documented, which one of them wrote the majority of which song. But I don't have that information. Anyway, I'm everyone saying, knows, by the way, that also like in Paul McCartney, I mean, in like the mid 90s, because my dad was a huge McCartney fan and Beatlemaniac. He came out with this album called Flaming Pie, and maybe he did. It was a solo album, and he might have done this on every album he ever made. I don't know. I just remember on that album specifically, Paul McCartney literally played every single yeah. instrument that yeah. was played on that album in the studio. No session musicians, nothing. Every single instrument on that album, he played it himself. Like, that's I mean, why, dude, Paul dude, McCartney. That's why is head to toe legit. Do you man. know who's I, a like, modern day Paul McCartney? Who? Dave fucking Grohl. They fit the same bill. They were in an iconic band. That band is not together anymore. The main dude from the band died. They went on to form another band and regularly play every single instrument on the fucking track and still has a fucking career. Right. Um, Paul's so, the best one. 100%. <laughs> 
I love he's you, also, ben. you know, he's still alive. Him and Ringo, yeah. the only one still Score alive. And, yeah, Score right. motherfucker! He didn't and get I don't think up. anybody would argue Ringo over Paul. As much as I love Ringo, I love them all. But, yeah, I mean, you know. Dude, Paul's number one. Anybody that knows anything about music will tell you that he's a he, among all the Beatles, was the virtuoso of actual music. And how does that not lend itself to being the most important member of the fucking band? All right? That's, That's for all me. I'm saying. Hey, by the way, you can pre-order our book. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you, BPP, for putting that in. It's called Round Here and Over Yonder, A Travel Guide. Thank you for pre-ordering it in advance and helping us stay number one. Also, go to TreyCrowder.com to see where Trey's going to be because he's touring and shit. Go to PartTimeFunnyMan.com if you want bonus stuff from me. And also, might I add, stay fancy, motherfuckers. Hold on. Also, I just want to say that uh, I think maybe I'm amazed, Hits, uh, but, you know. So hard! <laughs> Dude, and on the run, fucking like, Hits! What yeah, does right. he mean? <laughs> what does he mean? And also, simply having a wonderful Christmas time, I understand why some people find that annoying, but to me, it's not Christmas until I hear that fucking song. Alright? Yeah, anyway, okay. stay fancy, motherfuckers. Love yeah. you. Skew. It. Skew. Final thing, we literally just got finished, and I realized uh, that I had said that watching the wheels was a George Harrison song. It's not. It's a John Lennon song. I don't know why I said that. I'm an idiot. Please don't write an airmail about it. I probably got some other stuff wrong. Anyway, thank y'all. Love y'all. See you back. Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, mm-hmm. three, four. One, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit today. We'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on.